Our scripture reading is the 23rd Psalm, and I'll read from the King James Version. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He maketh me to lie down in green pastures. He leadeth me beside the still waters. He restoreth my soul. He leadeth me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For thou art with me. Thy rod and thy staff, they comfort me. Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God. O Lord, may the words of my mouth and, and may our thoughts be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. There was a lawyer who was very surprised one day when one of his fellow lawyers said he'd started teaching Sunday school. He couldn't believe it. He just blurted out, you teaching stuff from the Bible? Man, I bet you can't even say the 23rd Psalm. So the other lawyer paused for an awkward moment. He looked, you know, kind of like to the side as people do when they're trying to remember something. And then he started. Now I lay me down to sleep. (laughs) Well, when he got done, the first lawyer just shook his head in admiration and admitted, I had no idea you were such a Bible scholar. (laughs) Well, the truth is, the truth is, there are two Bible passages people know by heart. One is the Lord's Prayer. And the other is the 23rd Psalm. The 23rd Psalm is probably the only whole chapter in the Bible known by heart. A lot of people know John 3.16, one verse, but this is the only whole chapter. Well, written hundreds of years before Jesus was born, the 23rd Psalm keeps popping up all over. All kind of movies from Rooster Cogburn to the book of Eli, Eli the, to the, the Titanic. It shows up in all kinds of music from classical and church music to Kanye West and Coolio and, and the metal group Megadeth. Not, not on my playlist. <laughs> the funny thing is, even with so many newer translations of the Bible that use more of the kind of English we use today, and that claim sometimes to be more accurate renderings of the ancient Hebrew, the version people know best is from the King James. There's something powerful about this ancient poem. It's 57 words in Hebrew, 118 in the King James Version. As one author wrote, if we're anxious, this song gives us courage. We overcome our fears. If we're grieving, it offers comfort, and we find our way through the valley of the shadow. Now, when our daughter Sarah was just three years old, she got mysteriously and seriously ill. We were at the hospital in the middle of the night. 
They'd sent her for x-rays. Betty had stayed with our son, and I went with Sarah. If you've ever been in a radiology department at 3 o'clock in the morning, you just know there's nobody standing there saying, oh, come right in. We're so glad to see you. How can we, you know, none of that. So Sarah and I had to wait for a long time in a chilly, dark room with kind of funny smells and frightening looking machinery. We waited and we waited and then we waited some more. So I suggested to Sarah that maybe we could say that Bible passage that she had been learning. And there in the most frightening time of both of our lives, we said, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. When you're afraid, when you're grieving, when life is at its hardest, nothing comforts like the 23rd Psalm. That's the reason this Psalm is often heard at funerals. But the truth is, the 23rd Psalm is much more about living than about dying. The essential message of this Psalm is in the first five words. The Lord is my shepherd. That rich metaphor sums up the most important relationship in our life. God is the shepherd. We are God's sheep. And back in Bible days, everybody knew a lot about sheep. So the Bible refers to sheep a lot. If you include mention of lambs and rams, and I know all those Carolina fans want rams to be mentioned. <clears throat> you include then the Bible mentions sheep more than 500 times. Uh, the 49th chapter of Genesis refers to God as the shepherd, the rock of Israel. Isaiah 40 says of God, he will feed his flock like a shepherd. He will gather the lambs in his arms and carry them in his bosom and gently lead the mother sheep. Now, most of us don't know a whole lot about sheep. In fact, uh, I, you know, I used to be on that uh, committee for preparing ministers to become ordained and, and uh, that metaphor would come up occasionally and, I would, and they would say that same kind of thing. I said, well, have you thought of a better one? Is there a better metaphor that we're more familiar with? Just this last week, I had an old friend from uh, Georgia days who said uh, that he and his wife, th they know more about dogs and so he thinks of it as my dog herd. Well, I think dogs are a whole lot more smart. <laughs> my experience, dogs are a whole lot smarter than sheep, but, but if, if that works for you, go ahead. We don't know much about sheep, but we do know a few things. We know they're not real smart. On their own, they wander, they get lost. Now, it's not like the sheep says, you know, I think I'm going to go over there and see what's going on. It's more a matter of they nibble their way. They go a little bit and a little bit and a little bit, and eventually they're lost. That's what I've told. But anyway, they get lost. They get eaten by predators. They don't know their way to food and water. And they don't know their way home. Sheep need a shepherd. And we are sheep just like that. One problem with our preference for the King James Version, some of these words have a little different meaning than they did back in 1611. 
when it was written. Back in the days of Shakespeare, when this translation was done. For example, I shall not want, does not mean that you're going to be missing, you know, you're saying, oh, I, get, I get everything I want. You know, kind of the whole series of book catalog used to be, the wish book. Want back then meant to lack. You know, there's that old poem, for one of a nail, this horse was lost, and so on, the battle was lost. But this very first verse tells us that because God is our shepherd, we're not going to lack anything essential to life. And the second four verses of the psalm name, four of those essentials, food, water, safety, and protection from enemies. Now maybe you've been in one of those stores that has so many products that have a sign that says, if we ain't got it, you don't need it. <laughs> God provides not just the basics, but abundance, so that our cup runneth over. Another phrase people wonder about is, uh, for his name's sake. It means that God will provide for us because that's who God is. The God we worship loves us, knows us by name, provides for our needs. So how can we become better sheep? Well, one way we can be better sheep is to follow the advice in the third chapter of Proverbs. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not rely on your own insight. In your ways acknowledge God and God will make straight your paths. This psalm, the Bible, and God do not promise us a life without troubles. Everybody has troubles. And if you think somebody doesn't have troubles, they've got, they got it made in the shade, you don't really know them that well. Everybody has troubles. Psalm 23 promises, God promises, that we will not go through life's troubles alone, by ourselves, even in the valley of the shadow of death. With the psalmist, we can say, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. Now, back when our son Paul learned this psalm, as a little boy, he would emphasize this line in a way we can learn from. He would get to there and he said, I will fear no evil. That is, trouble get out of here. The confidence that comes from trusting in the good shepherd. Now, the writer of this psalm was not naive. The writer of psalms knew the world we live in is now and always has been a dangerous place that our lives, our health, our happiness, all of that's always at risk and often in danger. I read of a minister who was counseling a young woman who was dealing with a gruesome cancer diagnosis. She asked him, was there some spiritual writing that might help her? And he suggested that she sit down and read all 150 psalms in a translation she didn't know. That is, something that she wasn't as familiar with, like, say, the King James on this one. He said, now read all the psalms. Don't read all those footnotes. Don't read the commentaries. Just let it wash over you. Read it all in as short a space and time as you can. 
Not trying to understand every single verse, every single word, but to absorb it. And she did that. And she came back and told him, whoever wrote this book, they knew exactly my sense of ups and downs, exaltation and despair. She discovered that Psalms were written by somebody like her, a person who struggled to understand God, struggled to accept God's way, a person who lived in a world where life was not fair at all, so often, but a person whose faith gave them strength to face even the valley of the shadow of death because they knew the Lord is my shepherd. Because Jesus is our good shepherd, we can say, as Paul did in the 8th chapter of Romans, For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers nor height nor depth, nor anything else in all of creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. So we will fear no evil. In the days of the psalmist, dwell in the house of the Lord all my days meant that they would worship in the temple in Jerusalem their whole life. But we read this psalm in the light of the good news gospel of the New Testament. We know that Jesus Christ, the good shepherd, laid down his life for us so that we won't perish but we'll have everlasting life. As Paul wrote in the second letter to the Corinthians, we know that death is not final. We know that if the earthly tent we live in is destroyed, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. One way we can be better sheep is to learn from the good shepherd. Do you remember how Jesus responded when he was tempted in the desert after fasting for 40 days? He quoted scripture. And even when the tempter, even when the devil tried to quote in the Bible to him, Jesus knew it better than the devil did. Sometimes, like that camp, cancer patient was advised to, we just need to read and absorb. And then sometimes we need to study to understand and learn to apply it. Which is why I appreciate our Sunday school teachers like Ronnie and Sharon and Wes and those who who help us study the Bible in Sunday school. Another way we can become better sheep is to stay with the flock. The famous writer T.S. Eliot answered the question about why men and women should love the church this way. He said the church tells them of life and death, of all that they would forget. She's tender when they would be hard, hard when they would be so soft. She tells them of evil and sin and other unpleasant facts they certainly try to escape from the darkness outside and within by dreaming of systems so perfect that no one need ever be good. Well, nobody's ever devised such a system. So we have the church to comfort us when we need that and to challenge us when we need that too. We have the church to help us become better sheep and a better flock. So we can become better sheep by trusting the good shepherd, by learning the word of God in scripture, and by worshiping God with the rest of the flock. Now I mentioned that minister suggesting a lady read through the Psalms 
in an unfamiliar translation to help her hear them again for the first time. So listen now for a rendering of this treasured psalm in the words of the great hymn writer Isaac Watts. You may not know that name necessarily, but you know his work. Include such favorites as Joy to the World or When I Survey the Wondrous Cross. My shepherd will supply my need. Jehovah is his name. And pastures fresh he makes me feed beside the living stream. He brings my wandering spirit by when I forsake his ways and leads me for his mercy's sake in paths of truth and grace. When I walk through the shades of death, thy presence is my stay. A word of thy supporting breath drives all my fears away. Thy hand in sight of all my foes doth still my table spread, my cup with blessings overflows. Thine oil anoints my head. Thy sure, the sure provision of my God attend me all my days. O may thy house be mine abode and all my work be praise. There would I find a settled rest while others go and come. No more a stranger or a guest, but like a child at home. Thanks be to God.